And welcome back to another episode of Double Dunk Podcast. My name is Brennan Deek. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We're talking strictly Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to break down the upcoming Super Bowl rematch on Monday Night Football. Eagles head to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to talk about the current state of the roster, how Jalen Hurts is doing. whole bunch of good stuff coming for you, Philadelphia Eagles fans. No one else to do it than my man, my friend, Mr. Thomas Pierce. And looking fly, like in the sweater, Thomas, on this fine Friday yeah. morning. How are we doing? Got fresh haircut, everything ready for the next part of the season. I am uh, going from haircut in a couple hours. Very excited to trim off his beard and get a nice little uh, get some little fade going. I'm starting to do the fade haircuts, and I'm starting to like them a lot. You know, little you little gotta off get the the, you gotta get the beard off. No, I'm gonna trim it down. Nice the beard. I'm looking cavemanish, and my hair is like crazy. You know, covered by the hat right now. But you don't have any hair, Brenton. <laughs> I got this hair here. This hair here. I actually used to rock the long hair look as a kid, like like down to like my shoulders. Oh, like really long. Okay. Like really Maybe long. Try yeah. that again. Oh. This off season project. <laughs> yeah. It would be a winter. Th- it would be a winter thing if I was going to do it because the summer I I'm a, I'm a sweaty guy. You know, you don't like long greasy sweaty hair. Can't have You'll that. Be ready so for next season then, or next winter. That's, that's fair. Yeah, I should definitely plan to do it next winter. Um, how was your bye week? What'd you do? What'd you get up to? How'd you enjoy some Eagles free football? Tell me what you what you've been up to the last couple of weeks. Uh, so, so as you know, we're buying a house. So I'm I'm mm-hmm. doing nothing but attending meetings and uh, getting offers because I'm going to start doing some uh, uh, some renovation of the house as soon as we get it. So I'm getting like multiple offers and a shit ton of grown up stuff, uh, budgeting all this. Uh, so I had a terrible uh, bye week. I uh, can't wait oh. for for you know some some actual uh, to get to all these things to kind of settle in, start working on things instead of playing it, planning it. You know, I hate planning stuff. I, I like doing stuff. You know? What's uh what what's the main renovation you're looking to do? So we're gonna we're gonna uh, tear up all the floors and then do floor heating and then put a new uh, like oak uh, oak parquet um, uh, f- uh, floor. And then we're going to change the kitchen. We're going to tear down one massive wall. We're going to have to uh, build another like half wall as well. So yeah, I think the, the, the biggest thing is going to be uh, putting in floor heating and then, um, you know, getting that, getting those pipes down in like underneath the floor. Big boy stuff, grown man stuff. Yeah, I have uh, like all this, the, the whole concrete thing, and actually putting down the floor. I have, um, I have uh, tons of guidance from family members. I don't know, I do nice. not know how to do all that. So I'm just gonna be the working power, and they'll tell me what to do, and I pay for it. <laughs> I am like the least handyman human being on the world. Like, I, I don't even. I'd probably if I had a flat tire right now in the middle of the street, I don't even know if I could fix it. I can't do any. I, I'm useless. When I can tell you what coverage the Kansas City Chiefs are going to run against the Eagles on the weekend, but I have no idea how to fix a tire. I am. Yeah, I think lost it's just something you're going to learn along the way. You, you think? It's it's 28 years, Thomas. Nothing's changed. Uh, <laughs> I've been driving for over 12 years. <laughs> I, how many flat I, tires have you had, though? <laughs> I've never been in that situation. So exactly, you, that's yeah, where you're learning. That's a good point. Um, did you watch any football uh, Week 10 on Sunday? I had red zone on. It was nice. It was a uh, it was a cozy Sunday to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, we were down a little bit with some uh, gastroenteritis last week as well. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, 
so that was, uh, yeah, I mean, Sunday was kind of a tipping point. We started to feel better. We can get some actual food and then um, had some snacks and watching football. So that was good. Your Falcons, man. Oh, my God. Why is Arthur Smith still employed? <laughs> How is that man still employed in the NFL? Probably I, for as much as we we like to criticize Eagles when they're not doing well offensively, like Arthur Smith is probably the least competent offensive play caller in the NFL. Like I was going over with my friend, like what what if the what if the Falcons had Lamar Jackson? Like, you know, they were kind of you know, they're quick to go out of the sweepstakes on him. Yeah. Like, I don't even think the Falcons would be good with Lamar Jackson because they'll still have Arthur Smith there. He's got to go, man. I I, uh, I actually I, I took the Arizona Cardinals as like my gold pick um, on weekend wagers. Six and zero against the spread in the last six picks on weekend wagers. So if you're not listening to that, uh, what are you doing? You, I'm making you money here. Um, but I was all over the Cardinals because I think the Falcons are so fraudulent right now, Thomas. And you're right, Arthur Smith has been an absolute mess there. Um, one of my yeah, biggest takeaways uh, from watching other teams play and kind of zooming out and not having Eagles football was how bad teams are in short yardage and just how much yeah. of like a, a benefit the the brotherly shove, tush, push. I actually like the push or push, tush instead of tush, push a little bit better than brotherly, than, uh, you know, brotherly, shove. brotherly, brotherly shove. I think okay. it's tush, push. Yeah. I like the push, tush, tush, push, tush or brotherly shove. But yeah, I just, I think it was, it was kind of eye opening. Like I think the Chargers and Lions game, there was like 10, fourth and one or like what you need one yard plays and like then none of them could get it it's just uh it was kind of alarming just how teams struggle in short yardage it's, it's interesting yeah <clears throat> and also it's it's i guess when other teams are doing it you might as well just call it a qb sneak because they don't like mm-hmm. they don't really do it they don't really push it out it, it looks weird when the teams are doing no. it. You, you can clearly see they suck at it yeah, that was one of my biggest takeaways. Uh, a lot of the NFC teams won, like the Cowboys fucking spanks the, the New York Giants. I mean, the um, Giants so should not even be allowed on television anymore. <laughs> the 49ers won, so like the Eagles didn't really gain any ground. The NFC, the Lions won as well, so that was kind yeah. of disappointing. And on the Kansas City Chiefs side, you had like everyone lose, like the Bengals lost, the Ravens lost. So it was like different for both number one seeds on each yeah. side. Um all right, Thomas. Let's do this. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles heading to Arrowhead to play on the take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's kind of discuss first off just kind of where the Eagles are chart wise and how the injuries are playing out. So yesterday at practice, so just heads up, we're recording this on Friday morning, so we still don't have Friday's injury report. Just from just a reminder, it's kind of a day behind, right? So, so they're on Monday Night Football. So Friday's injury report will be the second one, and then Saturday's injury report will be when we figure out who's playing, who's not, who's ruled out, who's not. But, Thomas, the injury report looks pretty darn good right now. Yeah, I was about to say, it doesn't really matter when we're reporting this because nothing's going to mm-hmm. change. Everybody's playing except for Dallas Goddard. Yep. What, was gonna, what, what we'll see, basically, is who gets activated off of IR. So we have Cam Jerkins and, and Justin Evans as the big uh, – uh, Bradley Roby, I believe. No, he's still on the active roster. He yeah, he was not on IR. So. Yeah, he was. All of those IR. guys are expected to go as well. There's not going to be any real like probably a, a surprises there. Uh, Cam Jerkins has taken first team reps this week, um, and we have Bradley Roby. That it, obviously, like I said, they didn't put him on IR, so they could keep playing. They could play him this week. Justin Evans <clears throat> is is practicing as well. Uh, good sign for him to return to the lineup here. 
Um, so all in all, it's it's looking up for everybody, uh, and obviously Dallas Goddard, who we none of us expect. The thing we'll see is is, is whether or not he gets placed on IR, or they're going to try to ride it out. I think they're going to place him on IR, but but it's just that's just a hunch. Yeah, so they need to if Justin Evans wants to play, they need to open a roster spot for him to play because they are. Do they have an open because they put Nicole Bedin on IR, right? Yeah, they put Nicole Bedin on IR. They also have Josiah Scott, who is obviously expected to get cut as soon they as they could cut uh, him. Yep. Yeah, as soon as um as they are, they're gonna get Justin Evans back, um, so they realistically don't have to place Dallas Goddard on IR then because you'd be the one for one swap Nicobe Dean for Justin Evans, right? And then they yeah. could cut Josiah Scott if they need to make any more roster moves. So I, it's funny, it it feels like if Dallas Goddard was going to be placed on IR, would have been done by now. Now they can do have up until the weekend to do so. Like they don't have to to make any rash decisions right now. So it's going to be interesting because if he's not placed on IR, then it w- you could realistically have him back for the Dallas Cowboys game, which is in three weeks. If he is placed on IR, he will miss that game. And then the earliest he can return is against the Seattle Seahawks. Yep. Yep. Correct. So there's kind of a lot of uh, roster shuffling that Howie has to uh, keep in mind and some decisions he has to make. Um, let's talk about how these injuries and IR replacements are going to affect the depth chart. Nicole Dean placed on IR on four. Unfortunately, going to miss another four games. Just a very dis- kind of a disappointing sophomore season for the kid, um, play wise and injury wise. Like I've had to take over the last couple of weeks that I think he's probably the worst linebacker on the not on the roster, but at the starting, I would play uh, Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham more snaps. And now they're kind of forced to do that with Nicole Dean going on IR. So, do you expect just uh, Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Morrow to play the two linebacker spots as the starters? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they, they obviously they're very much so deserve it. They also have a, a, Sean Desai has an absurd amount of confidence in Zach Cunningham. Also, a little bit to the to the point where it gets a little bit absurd. Um, <laughs> in that he was, um, at the end of the Cowboys game, he was man to man, um, against one of the, the the speediest slot receivers on on the Cowboys roster. Uh, and it's like well, you, you you having uh, Zach Cunningham on the field in, in a situation like that, having him lined up. I think it was Kamonte Turpin he was lined up against. Um, and and you, you, you're just expecting disaster at that point. But, but I mean, it, they, it, that's the amount of confidence they have on him. They, Sean Desai obviously thinks that the, the defense is better when Zach Cunningham is on the field. And sometimes that creates mismatches. Yeah, but, I mean, the, he'd much rather have Zach on the field than have a, someone else on the field. And obviously, mm-hmm. like, to be honest, that drive where uh, you remember the drive where um, Ferguson catches the ball, he's just short of the goal line. Mm-hmm. That drive was shut down completely by Sack Cunningham. He had that awesome tackle that didn't gain anything. He, he flew, he was flowing very, very well with the entire play. He had a pass breakup in the end zone to Jerry Ferguson right before that. Uh, and then he had a pressure on on uh, um, on Dak Prescott, got, got him out the pocket. That's where he, Dak Prescott got flipped over. Darius Slay is the one getting the credit of that play, but the only reason that Dak Prescott isn't flying into the end zone off of that play is because Zach Cunningham destroys him right in the rib cage as he's midair. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he's making he's making a big difference um, when he's on the field. Morrow a little bit more up and down, but he's shown he's shown quality play. Um, the I think for both of them it's 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 in coverage where you're suffering a little bit. Yeah, like Zach Cunningham, I think, has exceeded expectations. Nicholas Morrow has exceeded expectations. You're right with Zach Cunningham coverage. You don't want him kind of running back. You want him going downhill a little bit. But um, it's crazy to think, like, Zach Cunningham, Nicholas Morrow, 
uh, Roby, Bradley Roby, were not even on the roster in like August. Like it's, yeah. and these guys are making key contributions right now. So it's pretty impressive just how he Roseman just continues to kind of slot guys in there. I was about to say the, the Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue of the defense. Yeah, exactly. It just changed the transition over linebacker. Um, some more kind of personnel um that I'm intrigued about is on the back end of the secondary. So, um, Sydney Brown um has played over the last three weeks, a lot more snaps. Now, and against the Miami Dolphins, he played 94% of snaps in that game. It's more of just because they didn't have other bodies. Reed Blankenship yeah. was out that game. Justin Evans was out that game. So they really just had no one else to play. But that's a lot of snaps for a rookie corner, uh, for rookie safety. Then the last two games, um, he's played a combined of 43% of the snaps, 56% in week eight, 33% in week nine against the Cowboys. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how they use him going forward. I think they should really use him more on early downs, get him running downhill more. That's where he's his bread and butter. That's where Sidney Brown's at his best at when he's going downhill, forcing plays, getting an attack in the ball. I still think he's like he's below average in coverage right now. He's still a rookie. That's something that was part of his game that wasn't going to snap right out the gate. But the snaps have come down like 46, like I said, in week eight, 33% in week nine. So his kind of play over the next half of the season is really what I'm going to be keyed on on the defense. And and they're going to kind of need him, right? Like they don't have an answer, a full answer at slot corner right now. Where do you think they should go if Bradley Roby is healthy? Do you think he should play like the 80 to 90% of the snaps there? Do you think they should mix in Sidney Brown? How do you think they should handle the slot corner position going forward? I think I think Bradley Roby probably will, will be the guy. What I think it's more important is continuity more than mixing it up and getting different bodies in there. I think we've gotten to a point where we've had so many different variations in the, the secondary, yeah. and it's 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 gotten it's gotten borderline absurd. Uh, <laughs> that hand, Thomas. We need we need continuity here. <laughs> yeah, it, it it doesn't it, to me it doesn't really matter. Uh, having having Sidney Brown in the field right now. Right now, you just want to bolster the best secondary, and Sidney Brown has not cut it when he's been on the field. Um, same goes with Eli Ricks when he's been uh, the, the, the slot cornerback. So for for the... We'll see when we get... It's not like we got a ton of snaps for Bradley Roby before he got, uh, before he got injured, but just the limited things that he did show... Um, I think was intriguing. Honestly, I think Justin Nevis is probably the best guy returning and and the most qualified guy to to be on the field of all of the the players we've been. Even and that's after we trashed him the first two weeks mm-hmm. of the season where we played. And it turns out that he was actually uh, he was actually one of the better uh, one of the better players in, the, in a struggling secondary. Yeah, what was interesting about uh, Justin Evans is just he was around the ball. Like he had two yeah. four fumbles. He had uh, he had a couple fumble recoveries. He had some pass breakups. Like, like he was getting his hands on the ball and he was causing turnovers. He was causing causing chaos. So I think that part of the defense, like that, the eagle, one of the the Eagles haven't been able to take away the football lately. Like they got a ton early on when Justin Evans was healthy. And it's not. I don't think there's like a huge correlation to Evans leaving and the turnovers in the giveaway. Sorry, turnovers going away. But there's got to be something to it. And I think that's what kind of he can help you bring. He's he's veteran. He knows defenses. So you're right. I think an underrated part um, of the injury report is just Justin Evans coming back. And it was kind of an under. We never really talked. It was almost like a lot of Eagles fans forgot Justin Evans was even on the roster a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He went went away early. And and it's been away for a while now. So it's. um, Yeah. But it it, it, honestly, just in, in, in taking. 
like if you want to take PFF for for a stat to, to create these kind of things here, the entire Eagles secondary has sucked big time. Like none of them are in the top 100, except for uh, for Darius Slay and Reed Blankenship. Reed Blankenship actually uh, six highest grade safety right now in the NFL. He's the sixth. He's the he's the tenth highest graded among all cornerbacks and safeties. Like of yeah. all secondary players, he's the tenth highest graded. Everyone I, else. What do you think stuck. about that? What do you think about Reed Blankenship being that high? Like I think I Reed think Blankenship that's so bad. It's it's just <laughs> as bad as trying to hide all the sacks that Lane Johnson is giving up. Like yeah. week after week, we see Lane Johnson give up sacks, and PFF find a way to say, "Oh no, no, they they slid a little bit to the left, and you know he should have got a little bit of help from Suapeta. We'll put it on Suapeta." Like PFF are. They have such an agenda when it comes to Lane Johnson that I'm I'm actually sick about it. Um, yeah, and he finally got one officially put on him last week against the Cowboys. Uh, so so we're we're done with that. We can officially end the streak. They can start crediting Lane appropriately. I think that was mm-hmm. bullshit. That's where you see the subjectivity coming to PFF because you can obviously see it on tape that he's given up a shit ton of pressure. So yeah. Like, Stop kidding, people. The same with Reed Blankenship. He got torched in coverage several times against the Cowboys. Like, nobody had <clears> any idea what they were doing against the Cowboys. Everybody was running wide open all the time. And, yeah, I, I, I agree with you in, in, in that Reed Blankenship that high is not really uh, appropriate. Josh Job, Eli Ricks, uh, James Bradbury, Sidney Brown are all 150 or lower among 250 qualifying secondary players. Yeah, I think yeah. that is that is uh, saying something. Yeah, I think Reed Blankenship has like been the mo- one of the most con- probably the most consistent Eagles secondary player this year, and he's been solid. But six highest in the league, like we're and like he's a tenth highest secondary. I think we're ah, come on, we're, we're reaching a little bit there. Yeah, like you're right. In that Washington game, he was not he did not play well. I thought he played well in the first half of the Dallas game, and he made a couple plays. Like of course he was one in coverage on Luke Schoonmaker. You could kind of credit him there for holding, like for kind of holding down the the front of the end zone and making sure he doesn't get in. But like on that exact same play, you had Brandon Cooks wide open. Like there was a bunch of coverage busts that the Cowboys actually didn't kind of take um, take advantage. And when we get to the Eagles Chiefs preview, I think there's a lot of correlation between what the Cowboys did and what the Chiefs are probably going to do. So um, we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. A um, couple more kind of Eagles uh, secondary stuff. Kevin Byard. Any worry with Byard because? He has not been good since he's been with the Eagles. Uh, he's been targeted six times for six catches for over 100 yards. Uh, the Cowboys really focused on Kevin Byard. We talked about that in the in the Cowboys yeah. recap episode. And the second watch, I don't know if you kind of caught down the second watch, but it also caught my eye. Like, they really wanted Kevin Byard over the middle of the field. And, I again, we're probably going to see similar stuff from Kansas City. Uh, Kevin Byard hasn't touched the football yet this year, Thomas. No passes defended. No interceptions. He doesn't have a force. I think he has one fumble recovery. That's the only time he's touched the football. No force fumbles. Um, I'm not in panic mode over Kevin Byard yet. It's been two games. He has never like been outside of Tennessee, right? So he's been Mike Vrabel, right. and that Titans defense is what he knows. And yeah. so give him time. But <laughs> this is a very important player for the Eagles down the stretch. Yeah, and we're we can we can probably hang our hat on that. It new new team, new city, new scheme, new language, uh, new players that he has to play with, and that the bye week was uh, was good for him uh, mm-hmm. in, in in getting all the things like looking back on the past two games here, learning from it, and adapting, having a full week of practice here, going into the to the KC game, and really hoping that that's the case because when he went up against Jay Ferguson, he looked like the worst player on on defense. Like he didn't even try to cover him. 
Nope. Uh, he was two yards of separation instantly. And then Jake had a catch and had 51 yards on, on two catches. So now he's going up against Travis Kelsey. So if Jake Ferguson was uh, was a problem, um, yeah. We're in for a long day if, if Kevin hasn't learned anything over about Yeah, I don't think they're going to do one-on-one Byron on Kelsey. Like, I think there's going to find other ways to take him away. But you're right. Like, if they end up in that situation, like, I don't have the utmost confidence right now that Kevin Byron can kind of win that battle. And I don't think any Eagles fan should. Um, anything – one more thing on the defense. Um, something that caught my eye when I was kind of going through uh, snap uh, snap totals and just kind of what's going on and how, who's played for the Eagles defense is how much Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat are playing right now. They are they – are t- they are the two like MVPs of this team right now, arguably. Like Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick. I have no idea where this Eagles team would be without Josh Sweat. Josh Sweat first, like maybe above Hassan Reddick. He's been so damn good. And then Hassan Reddick next. But they have played over 80% of snap in back-to-back games. Now, a lot of that could be detailed to the Cowboys in Washington were driving down the field late and they didn't want they wanted their best passers on the field. But even then, like Josh Sweat has I think played about 58% of snaps last year, something around those lines. He's on pace for like his highest snap percentage ever. He's not a guy that's like been a full-time defensive run rotation. Hassan Reddick now is, is also on pace to play the most snaps he's ever played. So I think like Nolan Smith and these Brandon Graham, these kind of depth chart edge guys really, really have to uh, kind of take the load off Hassan Reddick and Joshua down the stretch because these guys are going to get gassed and late in We saw how good they are late in games. But that like that's gonna come back down to earth a little bit if they keep playing like uh, this many these many snaps. Yeah, I was going through a little bit of tape of, of Hassan Reddick from week one, week two up until uh, week eight, week nine, and and man, he just looks like a completely different player. Like his gear is is you don't it doesn't look like the same player. He, he his moves are are working almost every game that he's playing at this point. Look very um, it didn't look comfortable in the first two weeks, although he still still did get a a ton of pressure against the, the Patriots. He wasn't credited with any, but he, he won a lot of his matchups there as well. But he just looks like a, a much more confident player now. And I think I think Hassan is a volume player. Like I think he gets better and better the more he plays. Um we saw it in the uh in the in the mic'd up version of him last week when he got his first sack. Like he was so he was so relieved because he like all the first one is always the hardest. And I really think when he starts getting in the groove in a game, he gets a sack, he almost always follows it up with some kind of big play afterwards as well. Against the Dolphins, it wasn't really it wasn't necessarily a sack. He just kept he just kept making plays and destroying the running game of uh, of the Dolphins. So he's he I think Hassan is a guy that they really want to have on the field because he he just he just does good things whenever he gets in a groove. Mm-hmm. Yep, hundred percent agree. Um, anything else on the defense, like just depth chart issues, who's playing, who's not, anything like that before we move on. James Bradbury and Darius Slay. No, Darius Slay has been fine. James Bradbury needs to step up. He's looking like an old uh, washed cornerback. Yeah, and he's going to be very important in this game because we'll talk about what the matchups look like. Um, <clears throat> but I think James Bradbury is going to be called upon a lot, especially in the Kansas City Chiefs game. Yeah. I think Darius Slay has been maybe a little bit too – like pushed on in the media and, and Eagles. Fans yeah, I think he's been better than he's been than like, he's been targeted for. Exactly. Uh, yeah, he hasn't been his usual elite self. Not a top ten corner at this point right now. But I mean, he's he's playing a lot better than I think what what especially the last really couple weeks. Yeah. I thought against the Cowboys played real well. The Dolphins game he played really well. So the last couple games, I think he's really stepped it up. Um, we were a little critical of him, like I think for the first four or five games, and I think he's kind of bounced back nicely. And they're going to need him. They're going to need him healthy. They're going to need him to play really well because. 
he's like their most talented secondary player right now. It's it's not uh it's not all sunshine and rainbows on the back end of the Eagles defense. Nah, it's an um, aging group, man. It's yeah. an aging group. On the offensive side of the ball, so the big injury is, of course, Dallas Goddard, uh, broken forearm, which sucks. Big takeaway from rewatching the Eagles All-22 is, holy fuck, Dallas Goddard was good in that football game. Um, and they're going to have to replace him in his production. Now, this is not new. They did this last year. Dallas Goddard had an IR stint last year. He missed four games. So they, were, they, they, they lived through it, and they were able to kind of uh, succeed and, and continue their offensive success on that side of the ball. Um, so how would you replace Dallas Goddard in the rotation? Is there a single guy you want to see more from? Do they do more like just, uh, three wide receiver, four wide receiver looks? How do you think they replace Dallas Goddard? Uh, I think we maybe actually do get to see a little bit of, uh, of Grant Calcaterra and, uh, and Albert, uh, rotating, rotating a little bit more with, uh, with the office just because the Eagles really like to go with tight ends um a lot of the time but I think they have the they definitely have the personnel on on offense in terms of the, the wide receivers like the addition of Julio Jones I think really becomes key in, in a point like this because you're replacing a big target with another big target and and I think Julio has been has been a good addition and a good depth piece to have on the field if you want to do a lot more AJ Brown Devontae Smith and Zacchaeus on the field, like these guys are going to have to be rotating a little bit once in a while uh, throughout the game. I think Hula Jones is a natural replacement if you want to keep having, you know, uh, uh, a viable pass catcher on the on on the on the field while also maintaining some size. Um, but yeah, hopefully throughout these next four games, let's say that 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 is what what Dallas is going to be uh, Dallas uh, Goddard is going to be missing here that we actually do get to see them a little bit more uh, like some value out of the uh, El Bado trade. Um, and, and, and see him like he's, he's the reason they traded for him that game, the preseason where Albert had like what, 15 catches or something like the bonkers thing like that. Yeah, like, you know, over receiving yards. yeah, yeah. exactly. <clears throat> that this is where you'd like to see that come into fruition where you, where you actually get, get him as a pass catcher out in space. Yeah. I hope we see some, uh, I'm going to give a shot. Oga Weckenbaum. Is that right? I remember. I remember Oga Weckenbaum. Yeah. I remember when they traded for him. I was like watching like you practice that video. i'm practicing so i'm hard. still i've already lost it um but uh, yeah i would like to see him kind of get some run um grant you brought up kick alcantara he's going to be back from the concussion it looks like he was a full participant in practice so they're going to get him back which is important um they, they love jack stole in the building of course we know that uh so we'll see uh we'll see how it kind of goes i i i really would like to see them kind of use julio jones more and then kind of almost like a tight end role and and not maybe like blocking, but as a receiver wise, get him open through the middle of the field, get him kind of matched up on some linebackers, and see how that kind of works. So I'm assuming they'll, they'll be all hands on deck to replace Dallas Cotter. One more injury before we get to the Jalen Hurts injury. One more other injury on the offensive side of the ball that is coming. That is good news for the Eagles is Cam Jurgens is back fully practicing, and it looks like he's going to start at right guard. Yeah, that's that's, that's a big one. The uh, the run game has been specifically or has been worse with Cam Jurgens when he's been off the field. So with Cam Jurgens, they are first in success rate, and they've had 661 yards without Cam Jurgens. So that was for four games without Cam Jurgens. In five games, they're 16th success rate and 416 yards. So the run game has really kind of taken a hit when Cam Jurgens has went out. Now they both correlate to Jalen Hurts' knee injury as well. So that is definitely something to do with it. It's not just Cam Jurgens. Yeah, a lot of valuable variables in that. 
exactly. Yeah, it's part of it. But Sua Peta has not been good in the run game. So, and you, you can you you probably noticed it on tape. It's it's pretty open that he struggled uh, in that part of his game. So, just getting Cam Jurgens back should open up some holes and kind of get the Eagles run game going again. Yeah, I think Cam was do, was doing well before he got injured. He was mm-hmm. settling into his role. So, yeah, I like to see him get back and and, and follow that same uh, that same trend. All right, let's talk Jalen Hurts Thomas. So the big news of the week, and I've, I guess what everyone was waiting for, uh, was Jalen Hurts' knee. How is Jalen Hurts' knee doing? Um, he said the bye, so he spoke to the media yesterday. He said the bye week came at a great time. He's not wearing a knee brace right now. The most useful thing that Jalen Hurts has said in the press conference. <laughs> Literally. He put it, he smiled too, Thomas. You see that? He had a big smile for the first time. Guy never smiles, never really talks during press conferences, so... Bywick did wonders for the kid, maybe his mental health and his physical health. Um, he said he's not wearing a knee brace during practice. He might wear one during a game. That is still up in the air. Um, where are you with Jalen Hurts' health right now? And are you confident in it? Like, what's your worry, I guess, meter for Jalen Hurts' uh, knee? Yeah, I want to see him play a game before I buy too much of it. Yeah, that's fair. I want to see him move around. like fit, like Because visually, we talked about this since week two, that he's – he looked terrible. Uh, like, like he he's been running okay, all things considered. But like he's limping around. He doesn't look as agile as usually. You talked about Lamar Lamar Jackson hobbling around a little bit yesterday. I mean, that's what we've been seeing from Jalen Hurts throughout the entire season. Um, mm-hmm. Now, obviously, it hasn't it hasn't hindered his mobility in the pocket, and he's been able to pick up some key first downs here and there. And the the, the brotherly push 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 is uh, <laughs> is still unmatched. So. I mean, it's not something that we've we've seen the, the many effects of, but we also know that he's a stubborn son of a bitch. So we, it'll be great to see him actually on the field doing like see how mm-hmm. he looks. But yeah, just the fact that it hasn't gotten worse after he took that that helmet straight to the knee uh, from Demarcus Lawrence um, is is just is it's just good thing that we didn't get any aggravating news over the bye week. That oh, well, by, well, by the way, we did an MRI on Jalen Hurts, and now listen that. So mm-hmm. yeah, yep, just that thing is, is is great to know. It's really crazy how well it's not crazy. Jalen Hurts' knee injury, of course, affected this, but the difference between how effective the Eagles' quarterback run game was last year to this year, and how how they're still able to put up offensive numbers. So last year, design runs, they had 0.18 EPA per rushes, quarterback design runs. Um, this year, it's negative 0.13. So He's the, giving the, himself up. Yeah. And they're calling QB runs in the most awkward <laughs> times throughout yeah. like, eight games, and they finally stopped it in the Cowboys game, also a little bit in the Washington game. But up until that point, we had seven games of just mistimed QB draws. It set It, it was set up for, for, for failure no matter how his knee was. Yeah, you're right, and I think the the EPA per rush uh, quarterback design was like really bad for the first few weeks. Like even when he was healthy, it still wasn't there, right? Like in the first two weeks, it wasn't clicking. So on scrambles as well, um, have been down. So Jalen Hurts last year, he had 0.63 EPA per scramble last year. Insane. Like that was such an underrated part of the offense was Jalen Hurts taking off. Um, this year it's still up there. It's 0.46, but still a little bit of a drop. 0.63 is just unheard of, and that's not gonna continue year to year. Like you can't keep up that pace. So that's a little bit down. Um, and then design rushes. So back to so just transitioning over to success rate. 51.5% success rate last year on design runs, 31% this year. So that's down. And then scrambles is actually the success rate on scrambles is better this year, but um 
it's uh that part of the offense has not been there. And last year, and again in the Super Bowl, uh, the design runs were everything. Like they the the quarterback draws it, and Jalen Hurts as a runner really elevated the team in the Super Bowl. So see how that kind of transitions. We'll talk about that in a bit, but um let's talk more zoomed out Jalen Hurts here, uh, how he's looked throughout the season. Um if you were to who is the better quarterback right now? 2023 Jalen Hurts or 2022 Jalen Hurts? You don't have it's to. It's a good question because I yeah, think you, he is. It's different. They're different players a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they're different players. I mean, he's a he's a much better pocket quarterback this yeah. year than he has ever been in his career. He is like he is. I wanted to. I wanted to know. I, I don't know if you have the stat. I haven't looked it up, but I wanted to see how what his EPA as a passer has been this year compared I, to other years. I got it all. I, I actually have all the stats here. Um, I did some digging last night. So, um, GP, so, so uh, last year as a pocket passer, Jalen Hurts 0.121 EPA, which was seventh in the NFL. So this is per drop back. This takes away scrambles. This takes away running. So this is just him throwing the football. So he was seventh last year, 0.121 drop back EPA. This year, it's 0.176 per drop back. There you go. That is fourth in the NFL. Success rate is also up. He was 45.7 drop back success rate last year, which ranks 16th. And he's 48.9%, which is ninth. Now, Jalen Hurts and success rate don't really mesh well because a lot of the Eagles' success in the passing game is those explosive plays, those deep shots. And that's why the EPA is so high and the success rate is low. I, success rate and Jalen Hurts are just never going to be on the same page, which is fine. As long as the EPA is there, we're good to go. Um, so he, he's way better as a pocket passer this year. A couple more stats. When he's blitzed last year, he was 27th in EPA. This year, ninth. Um, so that's also up. The air yards are up. He's 8.7 air yards in the NFL, which is fifth this year. Big one that I really like to see. When defenses are on expected pass play. So there's a 70% chance that a pass play is, or a pass defense is going to occur. Jalen Hurts is a 0.3 EPA first in the NFL, Thomas. He yeah. That shows that he is reading the defense as well. When he knows the pass defense is coming his way, he's able to read it and be efficient. That's the stat that I really like to see. He is reading defenses better. So I personally think that he's a better pocket passer this year. He's more efficient throwing the ball. The stats back it up. The eye test also back, backs it up. Like, you could tell he's seeing the field better. The The zip on his ball is better. Like, that was a big takeaway from the last two games is, like, it almost looks like he hit the weight room midway through the year and was able to, like, his upper body strength, like, the ball's coming out better. Um, so, I – The one uh, thing I will do say, though, and also why I kind of hesitate a little bit on it is that – He's also gone from 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 last year. He had a turnover or through play percentage of three point two, um, all throughout the entire season. And this this year he's all the way up. Um, and it, it, he's he's around three point two this year, which is which is among you know the the most in the league. And I think last year he was he was one point eight percent. Like he was protecting the ball among the best of the best last season. But this year yeah. he is. He, he he's turning the ball over at a rate that is that is much more alarming than it was uh, last a lot year. of quarterbacks are up though this year. Like it's not just Jalen Hurts. A lot of quarterbacks are putting the ball more in harm's way this year. They have to because the way defenses are playing the NFL, like the way defenses are kind of contracting everything, making sure bodies are in ah. going. 
I don't know about that. I mean, it's Jalen true, Hurts, the numbers he, he's, he's, effectively, like, he's effectively almost lost them and did lose them the game against the Jets, but he almost lost them several games due to turnovers this year. Uh, but more of that's the fumbles from the beginning of the year because turnover, like throw the interceptable passes rate are sort of similar. So last year was 2.48%. Right now it's at 2.96% interceptable throws, which is it's up but it's not as up like the turnover worthy plays, like the fumble against the Patriots, right? That's going to be up there. That was huge. Like there's a lot of like, just like the, the throwing aspect of it, um, I think is not as bad as other quarterbacks are in the NFL. You are right. The turnovers are up, but he hasn't done that over the last two weeks. He hasn't had a turnover. No, exactly. That, that's also yeah, where the, the, the I think the recency yeah. bias also shows up a little bit there because it's been like against Dallas and Washington, he's been the best he's been all season, but up like other than that, he's had like, he's had, several games with multiple turnovers like uh well yeah three against the jets he had two against uh tampa bay and then if you count his fumbles in as well like it, it's it's it obviously it looks it looks worse but yeah it's <clears throat> it's gotten better and that's a that's a really good thing that's the most impressive thing because as he progressively has gotten more hurt he's gotten he become a better player which is weird but uh yeah it's uh it's really cool to see him like progress even more this year, like just as a as a player, like he's done every single year of his entire NFL, like not even NFL career, like going back to college. So, it's if you actually look, at the, I, I test one, like he he he's, <clears throat> he's making bigger throws, like he's more, yep. he's being more accurate with the ball. That throw to Devontae Smith in the Cowboys game, not the one to the end zone, I, I the the all twenty two angle of that zip one, where uh, I think Fran Duffy actually did a great breakdown of it um on, on the on the Eagles Twitter account. I I saw it the next day when I went to do. All 23 review as well. Like the Cowboys, that was a that was kind of disguised coverage, and Jalen Hurts read it perfectly. And that zip to Devonta Smith on that ball was really, really impressive. So, yeah, like I just he looks so much. He just looks better as a pocket passer. The eyes test matches it. The numbers match it. So, really cool to see. It's funny actually, Thomas. There's a there's an EPA graph. I don't have it in front of me, but if you look at like his 2021 EPA to 2023 EPA, it's just like a nice like just line up. Like you can just. Yeah. He's just he's progressing better, and it's what you like to see. Um, and we and but also just in terms of like last year, he had a the running game was was more con, like more consistent and mm-hmm. a, a much more a vital part of the offense last year. Like we 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 talked about for a lot of for a lot of last year. Remember that how they you know they were struggling on offense, so they went a little bit more to the running game to kind of save it as they did in twenty twenty one. Whereas this year they're they they're they're, they're no, their rushing attack has been not great um, mm-hmm. for 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 a while. Uh, like they started off hot to begin the season, but it's just been it's just been evaporating with 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 some. I don't know if it's the right guard injuries, if it's the if it's the lack of threat from Jalen Hurts running or or what it is. But regardless, it's it's just impressive that they keep winning despite so many things, despite yeah. Jalen Hurts' injury, despite the running game not working out well, despite injuries to the offensive line. Yeah, I'm with you. And, like, just him having to be a passer and they're winning football games that way when the entire world and the entire Twitter world was make Jalen Hurts throw. That's all we've fucking heard over the last two years, and it's happening now. And the Eagles are able to still successfully win football games. Yeah, right, now are- now it's uh, why does Jalen Hurt look so weird when he runs? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's a whole nother excuse bag that people are throwing at us. So uh, yeah. we're going to get into Eagle Shoes preview. Before I do that, I have to let you know about a couple sponsors to the Double Doing Podcast. The Double Doing Podcast is sponsored by Sweat Taylor. 
Sweat Taylor is a casual clothing brand for men that carries everything a man could want in his closet. From hoodies to joggers to polos and jeans, Sweat Taylor has you covered in every possible way. I'm really starting to love the lightweight sweat hoodies that are perfect for fall and winter weather. They come in a source with assortment of different colors, and they will fit any clothing style that you are looking for. Use code BDEGST, B-D-E-E-G-S-T for 25% off everything at SweatTaylor.com. Uh, another sponsor of the Doubling Podcast is Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped has introduced the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, featuring a new cutting edge design, next generation dual skin safe blade heads for different shaves. It's pretty much a spaceship to take your boys downstairs to the next level. Every man knows how scary you can get when you're looking for a close shave below the waist. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Get 20% off and free shipping. You can go double doink at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping. You can go double doink at manscaped.com. All right, Thomas, finally time to break down. This football game, Eagles head to Arrowhead to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Monday Night Football can't get any better than this, Thomas. Juiciest matchup in the world. Taylor Swift's going to be there. Taylor Swift's parents are going to be there. Are you excited? <laughs> For the audio listeners, Thomas has had enough. He has left the room. He is not a Taylor Swift guy. He is off board. <laughs> the only Swift I want to see is DeAndre rushing for 150 yards in a couple of scores. Okay, hey man, that Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift video in Argentina was pretty cute. I don't know if you saw that when she. I did not see it, Brendan. You did not give a shit about it. I don't want to see it. I don't like Taylor Swift's music. I don't like the fact that I can't watch a football game with the Chiefs and not watch Taylor Swift forty-five times. Get used to it, buddy. There's gonna be yeah. a lot of Taylor Swift on Monday night. I know. <laughs> but and I, they... even though I have to get it shoved down my throat. Oh, get uh, ready, dude. It's it's I I wanna I wanna be able to express my displeasure with this whole trend, uh, and with the NFL acting like a player hasn't uh been dating somebody famous, it's yeah. yeah. I'll I'll be mad in my corner. I'll be the old mad guy yelling at clouds, uh, <laughs> and uh, and I'll try to try to watch football. There is going to be a lot of Eagles fans complaining on Twitter, probably me complaining watching the game. But unfortunately, buckle up because this is uh, going to be a big Swift and Kelsey game. Uh, I like the, the Monday football, like they do the pregame show. It's going to be straight Travis, straight Jason, and straight Taylor Swift. They're not even, gonna, I don't even know if Jalen Hurts is going to have one second of screen time on that Monday night football preview show. Um, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts might as well not exist in this exactly, game. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's the Kelsey Bowl. It's the Swift Bowl. Um, okay, so I, t- I discussed at the top of the show that I went back and watched the Super Bowl tape. Um, I don't know if you've done so recently, but is there anything like kind of lingering on your mind that you think the Eagles can take away from the Super Bowl? We'll get into a little bit more X's and O's style of it, but what did you like? What from the Super Bowl do you think that they can fix, I guess, or use to their advantage? Don't play vanilla basic coverage. Yeah. Like try Don't to actually, it again and recall the shot. I think Sean Desai just needs to look at that that tape and then just go. We're throwing all that out. We do something different. I don't know what it is. It might not work, but the the default sucked. So let's do something else. It's it's. I don't have anything for the offense. Rock them. Hurts maybe don't cost one turnover, but I mean. What are we talking about here? We are talking about an offense that can't cause one turnover throughout a game, or it'll cost them their lifetime because Chiefs will score all the time. Come on, that's not that's not going to happen. The, the 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 Chiefs defense has been magnificent this year, and it's it's 
the, the Chiefs' defense is the reason they're they're still competing this yep. year. Uh, their offense has is it's, it hasn't passed the eye test. I don't know what their stats are saying. All I know is that Patrick Holmes has looked off. Their skill receiver, their, those their skill position players, not named Travis Kelsey, has been off. I know there are people who are even you know talking about the the Travis Kelsey decline. He has a game here and there where he he bursts out, but other than that, he's kind of invisible. Um, and I don't know if I agree with that. I still think Travis Kelsey is a heck of a player, but. I mean, other than that, uh, it's it's um, the Chiefs' offense will probably have its way because it's Andy Reid. He knows exactly how to destroy uh, shit defenses and, and bad secondaries. Uh, so I'm not expecting really anything different from the Eagles' defense in this game. I think they're going to get absolutely torched. I think the Eagles are going to absolutely torch the Chiefs' defense. Um, and Expecting a very similar game then from the yeah, yeah. basically, basically, yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be somewhat uh, somewhat of the same, and um, I'm mentally preparing, and I'll put my uh, I'll put my silver paper uh, my, my silver paper hat on. I'm I'm expecting uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of of Taylor Swift fans who've just been watching her on her world tour of wherever the fuck she's been. To be watching this game, the NFL thinks there's a mess of revenue here of, of getting a lot more fans in. They'll ma- they'll make it look good for for the Kansas City Chiefs. I I just I I I, I hate to some say referee it. stuff I'm already. I'm expecting like, some bullshit in this game. Yeah, like it. That is exactly what I'm expecting because the NFL is in money business. They know exactly how much revenue they can make off of Taylor Swift. Otherwise, they would never show her in games. They're only doing that because whenever they're 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 showing her on screen. Their view cycle goes all the way up. They're just looking at the data. They're looking at money. And they don't give a shit about the Eagles or competitive nature of this game. And I think both offenses are going to go at it. And there's going to be some kind of shady defensive pass interference, roughing the passer call, something like that, that's going to make this a field goal game. Exactly like the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, I would not like to see the same game script uh, as the Super Bowl. I really hope it's not the case. Would you rather um, take a – would you rather roll the dice and then go, like – extremely like go radical blitz heavy if it's going to cost you or would you rather try to do the same and then expect the same result i the thing is is like when when i went back and watched the super bowl like it almost looked like like the thing with the like jonathan gannon had a bad game in that super bowl like don't get me wrong but he did mix some stuff up. Like they tried blitzing, they tried cover one, they tried cover two, they tried cover six, they tried every single thing in the book. The problem was is Andy Reid and the Chiefs offensive coaching staff did such a good job of preparing Patrick Mahomes to know what was in front of him that they just they carved up everything. Like Eagles didn't do a good job of disguising what was coming their way, but they did try different stuff. Like that, like that was like the Eagles didn't run a specific coverage all game and sit back. Like they got when Patrick Holmes was blitzed, they got bored. The only blitz that worked was the very last play of the game that you just had on offense, which was the holding call on James Bradbury. That was it. That was the only like play that really worked getting at Patrick Mahomes. Another thing is too, and I hate to bring this up and I might be a broken record here, but the field was a huge problem in the game. Like the field, it goes under disgust. I'm sorry. The field destroyed the Eagles pass rush. Like the amount of guys I saw on the ground, on the turf, on that rewatch was insane. I didn't remember it being like that. The field is not going to be like that this year. So that's, yeah, it, it's so like we finally have like we can finally get to see the Eagles pass rush 
kind of transition in and play well enough. So let's just do Eagles defense versus Chiefs offense while we're on this discussion here. Um, you brought up how the the Eagles defense or Chiefs defense are keeping them in games. You're right. The Chiefs defense is third in defensive DVOA right now. The offense is sixth in offensive DVOA. So who no one expected that to come from a Patrick Mahomes led uh, team. So the Eagle the Chiefs offense has actually been not that good this year. Um, especially in the running game, they're 24th in EPA per rush. That is the biggest difference from the Super Bowl to the Chiefs team right now, because yeah. the the Chiefs defense did what or Chiefs offense did whatever they wanted in the running game against Eagles defense in that Super Bowl. They were efficient. They were opening up holes. Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox got fucking destroyed in that game. Yeah. Thomas, I don't know if you remember that, but holy shit, they had a really bad game in the run game. Now Jordan Davis is Jordan Davis also didn't play have a good game at all. Um, as well, that kind of caught me just like he looked hampered in that game. But the, the Chiefs running attack isn't there right now. So that that is like the biggest win for the Eagles, like just on the defense side of the ball is that they shouldn't have to worry about how good the Chiefs run game is. Um, but they're going to attack the middle of the field. Like that's what we know they're going to do. Yeah, and it's a, this game is a chance for the Eagles D-line to show that that Super Bowl was uh, was just a matter of field conditions. That if they've actually been playing on a better field, they would be able to get to Patrick Mahomes. And, and if they, they they can sack him a bunch, they can get pressure on him this game, we'll probably be feeling a lot better of what happened in that Super Bowl, uh, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Even though it was a Super yeah. Bowl loss, and they, you can never go back with that. If they can, if the Eagles defense can can somehow get out here and, and handily pressure Patrick Mahomes, they don't have the skill uh, the skill players to 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 cope with that. If they can hit their groove in that and they can stop the run, like we know the Eagles uh, defense can. Like uh, Jordan Davis is playing phenomenal. Uh, you just highlighted uh, Morrow and, and Cunningham and how well they were playing against the run as well. If they can, if they can minimize the, the, the Chiefs to basically just passing offense only, I know that's what they're good at. But if you can get after Patrick Mahomes, then that, I think that's your best chance of of of, of getting to them in, in a game like this. And mm-hmm. for the for the Eagles defense, show that you're better than because right now they're below average defense in terms of EPA per play. Like they're yeah, not the, a very good defense. The Eagles defense is 19th in, in DVOA right now, so mediocre. In DVOA and an EPA, so yeah, like, they 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 are they're all agreeing on that, and and that is despite having a D line that is causing a ton of pressure, and and has one of the highest uh, um. um pass rush win rates among all defensive lines in the, in the league. They're still finding a way to fuck up. And we know exactly why we just talked about it with the secondary. Yeah. That that's been the Achilles heel. It's like, if we can't get pressure, then there's no, there's no back end coverage. that's going to save you. Um, the, uh, the, the uh, chiefs defensive or offensive tackles can be had. So if you're like, if you're kind of thinking what, how can the Eagles get pressure compared to the Super Bowl? Well, one, the field is not that good. And two, the Chiefs offensive tackles aren't as good as they were last year. So if you just take a look at uh, just some PFF stats. So uh, Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor um, have both given up a ton of pressures. Jawan Taylor has given up at least two pressures in every single game this season, except for one. He's a guy that you can definitely attack. And Donovan Smith, 29 pressures total for Jawan Taylor, 22 total for Donovan Smith. Um, they also been penalized a lot. They've combined for 13 penalties. So, like, if you're Josh Sweat, watch that go down. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) um, I think like this may be like too cliche and just maybe too like I'm reading into this too much, but. I'm assuming Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick have had this game circled on the calendar. I'm assuming every Eagles team player has, but like especially this one because they weren't able to grip the field. So like they finally get a chance to get revenge, I guess. 
I guess uh, 49ers game and Chiefs game, I think, are the biggest ones yeah. for, for for Josh Wett and Hassan Reddick, especially, I think, Hassan Reddick. How would you stop Travis Kelsey? That is going to be this offense. If you can't stop Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs are going to win. How would you do it? Bracket coverage with a linebacker and a safety. Because he's gonna lo- he's gonna line up inside, so I I would want to have I would want to have my safety lineup outside shaded of him, so he can take away the deep stuff that might be coming. And I want to have my linebacker lined up inside shaded. And then I would I want to uh, I would I would basically I would challenge Travis Kelsey to go outside of the hashes, uh, take away anything inside with the linebackers, and if he wants to go on a corner or anything deeper than that, you got your safety um, matched up on him. And I want I want that to be Kevin Byard. I don't want to have Bayard lined up in man coverage on Travis Kelsey and then try to play him man man because he's going to lose. I would want to have uh, I want to have two easy tasks for two players and how to stop him. And then I would bracket I would man up and play uh, everyone else basically. Uh, yeah, basically, basically wanted to have stone coverage in behind her. Then then rely on on Bradbury, uh, Bradbury and Slay, uh, and hopefully Justin Evans in this game or maybe or maybe Roby. Uh, to be able to play man on these uh, on these Chiefs um, uh, on these Chiefs uh, uh, wide receivers. What about James Bradbury and Travis Kelsey? No, I, you... I, I, I think it's a losing strategy to have one guy track around with 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 Travis Kelsey. I'd much rather have two easy tasks for for players. So so because if you're just saying you go cover Travis, he's going to lose likely. Uh, it, I think that's a losing formula for a defensive coordinator. I think it's easier for if you give your if you give two guys clear instructions of, of how they should play Travis Kelsey together. I think that that's going to make it a whole lot easier, and it's easier to have that on a guy like Travis Kelsey than a guy like Tyreek Hill because because Travis is going to be lining up inside, so it's going to be easier for the linebackers to have a chance of contributing to that. Especially like you don't have to have a corner and a and a and a, and a, and a safety taken out of a play to cover him. You can have one of your 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 linebackers or not your most most key guys in coverage, and you have a safety to to, to back that up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I feel like he's the body type to do so. But you're right. Like I don't know if I would do him one on one. But like, what if James Bradbury basically takes the slot corner role on third downs against or not like and goes inside on third downs in passing situations and no, third downs in passing situations that makes sense. Yeah. And then have and then have a safety bracket over top. So like I. I'm curious to see if that's what they do because just matchup wise, like if you just look at the player, it's a player like who would be the best fit. It's James Bradbury, and um, you brought up the Chiefs wide receivers. So the, just from an injury report on their side, so all the Justin Watson, uh, Kadarius Tony, and Richie uh, Kadarius Tony, Justin Watson, and Richie James all practice fully. I don't know what Richie James really brings to you, but Justin Watson and Kadarius Tony, the big ones. Watson that hasn't played the last couple of weeks, he's kind of their deep threat. But like overall. The Chiefs wide receivers don't really threaten you at all. It's Travis Kelsey. Like Travis Kelsey has 72 targets on this offense. The next guy is Rasheed Rice with 41. And it's spread out a lot. Like they they don't know who they like out of their wide receivers group, like even today. So I'm as long as you can just take Travis Kelsey away, there's no run game. I'm starting to like talk myself into that the Eagles defense is gonna do a, a nice job this game. I mean, it's kind of the what 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 is it, it outside of what Juju Smith Schuster? This is the same wide receiver group than they have. Yeah, last but year. Juju was so big for the Chiefs last year. That's what people forget. He had like nine hundred and plus yards. He was great in the Super Bowl. He made key catches. Like that Juju loss is very underrated for the Chiefs this year. Like they never replaced that nine hundred fifty yards production. I know like Juju isn't the best player, but last year on the Chiefs offense, he was very efficient and he was very helpful. And they have not done a good job of replacing him. 
Yeah, I, I just can't. I just can't see that it's it's, it's just that it's only Juju Smith Schuster who is. I'm the, not saying the, it was, but like his product, like that was 900 yards. No, that production, but that production yeah. is a result of their offense in general schematically not working right now. That's but the like, same extent as they were last year. Yeah, but like it had, they have, they don't have an easy button guy. Like I guess Rasheed Rice is kind of that. Juju Smith Schuster is not an easy button guy. He was last year, Thomas. He was he, like if his numbers, he his was numbers last indicate year, that he was better. But just look at Juju as a player. Yeah, but right now that he was because he's coming off a knee injury. He's in the New England Patriots offense is a fucking mess. But Juju <laughs> was good last year, and people don't remember it. And I'm the only one saying it. It's crazy that people forget how good he was for the Chiefs. Like that is that is a huge reason why their offense is stalling right now. They don't have a replacement for him or but like again, you were, it's not I'm it's telling the you. patrick mahomes <laughs> downfall <laughs> that is andy reed is getting old no, no. <laughs> you're might like another one more thing before we move on to the the eagles offense versus chiefs defense the miami dolphins game i would look heavily at the second half of that game the dolphins defense kicked fucking ass in that game like i went back and watched some of like the all 22 just in the second half of it the front seven of Miami literally bullied the shit out of the Kansas City Chiefs offense. They need to kind of follow some similar stuff that they did. They did a very good job of the front seven of not like focusing on on the on the motion that the Chiefs run. Like they were just straight up eyes kept on Patrick Mahomes. Like I think there's a lot of teaching tape, and I'm like Sean DeSai is obviously doing that, but I'm really curious to see if they kind of like look back on that game and then say like, how did the Dolphins do such a good job against the Chiefs offense? And also so. just a measuring stick game for Jalen Carter, who's going up against Trey Smith and Joe Tooney, like yeah. uh, really, really good guys that he's going. Uh, Trey going Smith up struggled against. last week against the Dolphins. Like he had that was probably his, uh, that was probably he did against the Dolphins, team. yeah. But other yeah. than that, he's been pretty he's been good great. This year. Yeah, Joe Tooney and J- Trey Smith are awesome. The, the, and the, Pete the Humphrey. Interior. Yeah, they have an elite interior offensive line. Yeah. So, so it would be good to see Jalen Carter go up against that. I think I think Jalen Carter did okay against the Cowboys as well. I mean, and other than yeah. that, he's been he's just been downright dominant in every other game that he's played. So yeah, this is going to be a good measuring game for uh, for Jalen definitely. Okay, uh, Eagles offense versus Chiefs defense. Um, so one of my kind of a big takeaway from the Super Bowl is the Chiefs played a ton of man coverage in that game, Thomas. For some reason. Um, and the Eagles fucking torched it. So on single high man coverage, Jalen Hurts was 14 to 17 for 162 yards, 0.71 EPA against man coverage, single high man coverage in that game. That is absurd. That's the Chiefs aren't going to do that this year. And they actually haven't. The Chiefs have been very, they don't have like a single coverage that the Chiefs uh, are. Steve Spagnuolo story doesn't run like a specific coverage, and he's not like he's not like uh, he's not like Gus Bradley where we just run cover three. Like it's they uh, they they do everything, and for some reason in the Super Bowl they thought that man coverage was the best possible way to beat them, and the Eagles' offensive skill players just beat the guys in front of them. Uh, Dallas Gart was huge. AJ Brown was getting open man coverage. Devonta Smith was so good in the Super Bowl; he was getting open on man coverage. So there was uh there was a lot of just like. Athlete versus athlete in the Super Bowl, which is kind of cool. And the Eagles did a lot of empty looks to get to be to counteract that. The, the empty formation for the in the Super Bowl was awesome. They also did a lot of quarterback runs against man coverage because the quarterback's running back, right? They're they're not focused on the quarterback. So there was a lot of man beaters that the Eagles were able to click that I don't think they're gonna be able to do in this football game. Yeah, and and, and the Chief Chiefs defense have just been playing overall better against the pass this year. Uh, so it's, th- this is a game where you really hope the return of of, of Cam Jurgens and you really hope that that, that John Drew Swift can get going and that their, their rushing offense 
<clears throat> can can really get going. I, that doesn't mean you you run Jalen Hurts. You 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 try to keep him healthy for the rest of the season here. They not try to reactivate anything. But you'd like to see the running back actually get going, and that the offensive line would start to play a little bit better because it it's it hasn't been pretty uh, uh, for 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 what we know as the best offensive line in football uh, for the last couple of weeks here. They've been good in pass protection against the the Cowboys. They they did suffer a little bit in that, but they also like. Tyler Seen's first game, all this and that. Uh, but yeah, you, you'd like the Eagles rushing attack to kind of get going here against the Chiefs because that is the way the teams have been beating them this year. Yep, and the numbers back it up. The Chiefs are 31st in EPA per rush on defense, 24th in success rate. So it's not like the, just the big runs are, are blowing them out. They can't consistently stop the run. So right. this is definitely a game where you want to see the Eagles rushing attack kind of get going. And I know I'm kind of entertaining a lot, a lot back to the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, Eagles fans. Like, it's not a fun game to go back to, but that's the last time they played the Chiefs. So that's where I'm going to get a lot of data from. Eagles running backs were not good in that game at all. Um, and the Eagles offensive line wasn't good, Thomas, when I went back and watched it. I thought the Chiefs defensive line got the Eagles number. Like, I'm assuming Jeff Steltland was sick to his stomach watching that Eagles offensive line. Yeah, which is worrying oh. considering the field conditions were the same for them. Exactly. Yeah. Like, the Eagles offensive line can't blame it. Uh, blame the field conditions on that one. Um so, yeah, the run game has to be uh, attacked. The Chiefs defense has some good uh, good players in the secondary. Uh, Trent McDuffie is turning into a star. Uh, he's better than he was last year. Well, Jerry Steen's also a good player. He does get penalized a lot, so I'd maybe look to see if you can put A.J. Brown with Jerry Steen, try to keep him away from Trent McDuffie. McDuffie's a smaller guy anyways, so I, I'm not worried the Eagles wide receivers at all against those guys, but I do think the Chiefs the secondary players are better than last year. But the big one, the Chiefs don't have Nick Bolton, and he was awesome in the Super Bowl. Like He had the fumble recovery, of course. He was all over the field in that football game. So um, he's not playing. He's currently injured. So that's kind of the big like difference from the Eagles or the Chiefs, uh, Chiefs defense to now. Um, I don't think I have anything else. Like It's pretty straightforward. The Eagles are going to do what they do. The Chiefs are going to do what they do. Like There's not really a lot of schematic X's and O's here um, on, the, on the Eagles offense versus Chiefs defense. All right, an hour and a minute in. Wow, we fucking went a long time today, uh, and we still have one more thing to do. We got to predict who's going to win this football game. Um, you want to go first? 31-28 Chiefs. Hmm. I We didn't do a preview episode for the Cowboys game. Um, if we did, I, I predicted the Cowboys were going to beat the Eagles on the weekend wager show. So, so I. I got that game wrong. Um, so did I. I would have probably predicted – I actually, no, I would have predicted the Eagles win over the Dolphins. Um, I think I didn't. Go. So I'm, uh, I'm 0 for 2. <laughs> Hopefully I can go 0 for 3 now. Um, Taylor I'm, I'm Swift. Torn, I'm, I'm torn here because I really do think it's – I. I'm I'm a, I'm actually in disagreement with you about the score of the game. I think it's going to be lower scoring. I don't know if the offense is going to be exploded. I just brought up just like I think the Chiefs' de- offense isn't going to be as good. I don't think the Eagles' offense is going to be able to push the easy buttons like they did in the Super Bowl. I'm going to go low lower scoring here. I'm going to take the Eagles to win. I'm going to go Eagles 24, Kansas City 21. I think Jake Elliott drills a 40-plus yard field goal to win it. I think the Eagles get their revenge in this one, um, and I'm uh, – I'm all on board, baby. I'm back. Like, I, I keep going back to the fact that Jalen Hurts is 25-2 and two in his last 27 starts. Every single time I pick the Eagles to lose a game, Jalen Hurts just exceeds expectation. And I think he's going to do it again. You're like, he's got this game circled on that calendar, baby, for a very fucking long time. 
Jalen Hurts is going to get his revenge in this game. I'm expecting another good game from him. Eagles defense is going to rebound. Eagles by three. Love it. All right, is there anything else you want to get off your chest? No, I think we kind of hit it. I got some frustration off of the whole uh, Swift thing. I'm I'm satisfied. <laughs> All right, everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Uh, make sure to check our sponsors, BetterHelp, Manscaped, and Sweat Taylor. Black Friday is coming up. Make sure to check out for deals there. If you're shopping for anyone, Manscaped, and Sweat Taylor, where else would you rather be? Where else would you rather buy stuff? Make sure to check those two sponsors out. And we will talk to you later. <laughs>